You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome in to the latest episode of the AP Draft Room podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Appreciate you joining us today, probably on a Friday morning when this usually drops. I am the lead analyst at, uh, at uh, ArrowheadPride.com, Ron Cop Jr. Joining you as always, I am I'm the main host here. But I'm bringing back a, a good friend of mine because, uh, you know, it's 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 we're about a month away from the draft now. And, and we got to really start digging, really got to start getting opinions out, getting takes out on all these guys, all these names that are in the draft class. I got Nate Christensen with me, a great film analyst for us at the site. Nate, I know you are, you know, I want to say knee, hip, you know, shoulder deep in this class. Mm-hmm. I, I know I know you've really been into it. How are you feeling? Um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm ready to talk mm-hmm. draft more. I'm, tar- I'm tired of free agency yeah. talk. I'm tired of all that. Uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, and I, uh, I said this the other day on the AP Film Room. I'm finally feeling a little bit caught up. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm in a position where like I'm looking kind of at my list. I'm like, you know, this is only about a few weeks left and then I'm kind of through everyone on my list. And I, I try and get around 150 names. That's kind of like the goal every year is to get. So I, that's around like the top 100 and maybe like 30, 40 uh, day three guys. And I, I think I'm going to get there, honestly, pretty easily um, at the pace I'm going at right now. Most of my positions, I'm down to like five or six guys left at the very most. So it's good to finally get caught up. I don't feel like I'm scrambling as much this year, and that, that's a that's something that feels good. Yes, no, that I, that does feel good. I'm I'm still in scramble mode, so I, I'm not joining you quite quite there, but I I'm I'm definitely still in a little bit of scramble mode. But that's exactly why I I brought you on the podcast today, because we're just going to be talking prospects, man. Let's just get names out. Let's just get you know opinions out on 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 guys. You know, we have. We're going to be going through the athletics consensus board. Uh, you know, they compile, you know, a lot of expert uh, draft rankings and kind of, you know, into one big consensus ranking. We'll see kind of where we agree, disagree on that. We're also going to look at maybe some of the best and worst fits in this draft class at, at certain positions for the Chiefs specifically. Uh, you know, we talk about some of these exciting names, but do they actually fit, you know, with the Chiefs? We're going to talk about that. Prospect of the week as always, and then we're going to actually have some fun superlatives at the end, kind of, you know, talk a little more about the overall draft. So I'm excited, man. Glad you're joining me. And so, yeah, let's just kick it off there with with the athletics consensus board, because, again, I kind of mentioned it. It's it's like it's a compiled list of expert rankings. And so it and they make it into a top 100 and pile it all up. And, and this was updated March 14th. But, man, I don't know. There, there are some interesting uh, placements for some players. Um, some, some surprising names in certain places. So I just kind of wanted to get some of the highlights. Um, and, and, and well, let me ask you first, let me see, let, let me let you go first with any of the kind of, let, let's start with the higher, the guys that you were maybe higher on than consensus, maybe guys that you were like, man, that is way lower than I would have, than I have them on my board. Uh, are there any guys that stick out to you with that? Uh, so some guys I, I'm higher on than I had on the board. The first one I had was DJ Turner, the cornerback from Michigan. Um, he's ranked 91st on this big board here. 
I think DJ Turner is really good. Um, I know he's a little bit undersized for a corner, but he ran like a 4-3-3 at the NFL draft, and that really shows up on film. I thought he honestly played Quentin Johnston, the receiver from TCU, better than anyone I've seen. Um, he can play in the slot. Michigan would put him in the slot, and he handled those, th- you know, handled the slot well. I honestly think he could play safety in the NFL, which, given some of the quality of this safety class, I think might be something teams explore because he's a good tackler. He has a lot of range. That was the first thing I ran down, and then one above him, Zach Pickens, the defensive tackle from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I I don't get why people aren't talking about him. He he's really intriguing. He tested well at the combine. He dropped a lot of weight, which maybe that's something I I don't know why he did, but he's just like 305, 310 pound defensive tackle. But he is strong. Uh, he and he can rush the passer too. He has you know nimbility. He can uh, he has some power, but he can like legitimately two gap. And South Carolina had him do that. And I I think he's a guy that can step in the NFL and instantly play defensive tackle. And my last guy, I'm not going to talk about him too much. We talked about him on the AP uh, film room, Christopher Smith, the safety from Georgia. Yes. This consensus big board had him as the sixth rank safety. I just think that's crazy. I, I really do. I, I know he didn't test amazing, but with some of the other, like they had Antonio Johnson, which I know that's someone we'll talk about a little bit later. They had mm-hmm. both Alabama guys. They had Sidney Brown above him. Christopher Smith is this. I think he's the smartest safety in this class. I think he has the most, the, I think he's honestly maybe the best tackler of all the safeties in this class. I have him as my own safety one. So that those three guys to me were like, when I was looking up and down the list of like the guys that really stood, I was like, I, I must just be higher on them than like the majority of people. Well, Hey, I'm, I, and I, and I'm, I'm with you on the last one, but I'm, I, I want to go back to Zach Pickens because I, I'm glad you brought him up because I, I kind of wanted to lump him and Keanu Benton together uh, as guys that, they're just su- both super low, and I don't, I, I really don't quite understand when, especially when a guy like Siaka, Siaka Ika is, is like 60 or 50 or something, or let me make sure I, I got that right, but he was like 52 mm-hmm. on the board. Um, I just feel like you're right. I think Pickens and, and Keanu Benton, again, one of my guys, I, I love Benton, um, the Wisconsin right. defensive tackle, but I, I, I get why Pickens is, is in that uh, similar kind of range maybe as a prospect. Um, I, I do think Benton has the higher ceiling, but you're right. Pickens is thick. And he is not easy to move, but he can mm-hmm. he can also move himself yeah. pretty well, honestly, off the snap. Um, yeah, I'm surprised too that both of those guys kind of lump, kind of get just kind of pushed down the board a little bit. Especially again, you know, I just feel like a guy like you know Ika, you know, Gervon Dexter Senior um, was someone that was you know pretty high on the board, and and I would just way rather have Pickens or Benton. Um, so I'm glad you brought him up. Um, so yeah, Benton was, was my number one. I mean, 94 mm-hmm. out of hundred, that's just crazy. It's to me. crazy. I think, yeah. I think he's a top 30 player to me. I think he's definitely worth a first round pick to my, in my opinion, I do like him over Pickens. I will say I would, I would I pick, mm-hmm. I would pick Benton over Pickens, but you know, I do see that, especially an sec player in Pickens. Um, some other guys though, you know, I'll shout out my guy, Parker Washington, the Penn state receiver. He was 99. I just feel like I'd, I'd take him over the, uh, you know, a, a good amount of the, uh, maybe a handful of the receivers that's a, that are above him on the, uh, on the, the consensus. I just, you know, I know he's a little bit of smaller prospect, but I feel like he doesn't play as small as he does. And he kind of has, you know, he's a slot guy, but I feel like he does have some of that Z ability where he could maybe, you know, play outside as well. And so I'm a little, you know, I was a little shocked to see him so low, but you know, this receiver class, you know, it kind of does pile up at the top. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna stand on. I'm gonna stand my ground with a guy like Keishon Butte. Uh, I I know he had a really bad combine, but I just feel like he is gonna be a, a solid player. You know, Jarvis Landry was is is kind of an easy comp because he's LSU. They're not the same kind of player, but just a guy that maybe didn't have the greatest combine, but could still maybe produce at some extent in the NFL. I know Jarvis Landry wasn't this 
Pro Bowl Hall of Fame guy, obviously. Right. But, you know, he had some good years as a possession receiver, as a guy that you could depend on to make, you know, to, to get 100 catches in a year. I feel like Butte can still do that, be a salt, you know, a, a solid contributor for an offense. So him and Cedric Tillman, you know, the other and I just named a bunch of receivers. But I, I do I do think all those three of those guys, I, I would I would kind of push higher on my board. Mm-hmm. Um, Tillman, I get, you know, the 2022 tape isn't isn't, you know, fantastic. But I really feel like 2021, you know, he proved he could be a legitimate player. You know, he was supposed to be a first round pick. Um, and, and I've talked about him on the podcast before. So. Yeah, those are some of my guys. Um, you know, any takes on those or any surprises? You know, let's just – if there are any surprises you have on this, you, you can throw them out. I mean, I'm there's a few that I – you know, Keon White, Georgia Tech was at 71. I think he needs to be a little higher. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you got anybody else? Um, well, I guess we could transition to guys that we were kind of lower on the consensus. Um, the first name I had written down was Dewan Jones. Um, I believe if I have Ooh, right here, okay. he was the 34th-ranked offensive tackle. The more mm-hmm. I thought about Dewan Jones, the less I like him. And I know like the film in college is impressive, but he's he's so big. Like he's a legitimate like 375 pounds. That that type of player just has never really survived in the NFL. I have I've heard from people online that like he has potential medical problems potentially, and it's just really hard to play that big at that weight. Like it, it's just hard to move, and he doesn't really change direction super well. I think he's really scheme specific. And even then, honestly, I don't think he was that great of a run blocker in college. I like it, the obvious comparisons to Orlando Brown. I think Orlando Brown was a much better run blocker than Dewan Jones ever was. Um, yeah, no, guy, I, I, go ahead. I just want to jump in real quick because I think it is funny. I think we all, yeah, you see a big guy and you see he's a, he has some impressive footwork, right? And you're kind of like, oh, he's the best of both worlds. He can be mm-hmm. a big run blocking dude and also kind of maybe have some of the quick feet because he does have some pretty quick feet for his size, but. Right. If you have if you have quick feet for your size, but you're not a strong run blocker at that size, then it's almost like a double a double mm-hmm. negative almost. Cause, yeah. I mean, you know, I you know, I and that those foot you know that footwork. I don't know if it's going to translate completely to the to the NFL, but I, you know, I, I I he's someone that I'm I'm not super low on or anything. So I'm 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 surprised to hear that honestly. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, go ahead, keep going. Um, I know you and I are going to agree on this. Isaiah Foskey at 27. I don't get it. Right. I, I've, yeah. I've watched. I watched him again last weekend. I don't understand the hype. I know he's a good run defender, but he for a guy that's like supposedly powerful, he looks like he has short arms and he can't generate a lot of power. And right. he's definitely not a guy who can really bend the corner. He's rather stiff. I, I know, even people I like really respect online have really good opinions on him, and I, I don't get it. Like I, I tried to rewatch him again. I don't. I don't understand how you would have him above guys like Will McDonald. I have guys, yeah. guys above like BJ Ojolari, um, Felix and Duke Uzama. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but top 25, that, that's a first round pick. Like, I, I don't understand that at all. Um, yeah, I'm totally with you. That's that's one of the more shocking ones. And this is one of those where, hey, it was updated March 14th. I mean, like, right. you would hope maybe as we get closer, like that would go, he would go down that list. But man, he's always been someone that people like to talk about. He was a projected first round pick going into 2022. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, for a guy that's supposed to be like, he was kind of playing that overhang that, you know, kind of stand up a lot of times, uh, rusher. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't coming off and, and getting any sort of, you know, edge pressure a lot of times. I mm-hmm. mean, he's getting washed out a lot of times. He doesn't have any counter moves really. I mean, he's really a very solid player, but nothing more than that. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I, he may not even be in the top 100 for me when it all comes yeah, down to it. I mean, mine. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that that makes sense. Uh, who else you got? Anyone else you're lower than mm-hmm. uh, the board? I have just two names real quick. Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. Or I guess mm-hmm. more of the slot out of Alabama. Not a bad player by any means, but I don't see him being a top 20 player. The dude's never played safety before. He's going to have to be a slot in the NFL. He really didn't test like great. He tested adequately for a slot defender in the NFL, like 4-6. I don't think he jumped super great either. The tape's fine. He can execute like what you need on defense, but I don't think he's like a linchpin of a defense. And if you're taking a guy top 20, like you're on the consensus big board, I want him to be able to be a linchpin of your scheme. So I didn't get that. And then the last one, I, I know you and I disagree about this, but Kalijah Kansi at 37. <laughs> I just, he's so scheme specific. Like he, he, I understand he has really good athleticism and the tape of him rushing the passer is good. I'm sorry. I just, Aaron Donald's one of the only guys to ever work who's six foot, 280 pounds. And Aaron Donald's like the strongest human being I've ever seen. Like Kalijah yeah. Kansi just isn't that. So I, I think Kansi's going to have to try and be an edge and maybe he'll do it. I, I think he could convert there, but we haven't seen it yet. And if you're asking him to play defensive tackle, what's the, like, if, unless he's getting into the backfield for TFLs, what's his plan? He, he has short arms. He's like six foot, 275. Like, that's just not, you can't play defensive tackle in the NFL that way. So like, I, I know he can rush the passer and I know he can be an impactful player on third downs, but I just don't think he can be a three down defensive tackle. And if I'm drafting a guy 37th overall, I need him to at least be able to play on first down. Yeah. No, hey, I, that's totally fair. And the Aaron Donald stuff is just, I wish he didn't go to pit just so people would stop doing <laughs> right. that because they aren't the same type of player. I mean, you just kind of hit on it. Um, just because he's explosive doesn't mean he can do all the same things Aaron Donald can. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. He, he is going to be someone that you get into the league and, you know, you're not going to be able to play on first and second down for the most part. Um, you know, pass downs, obviously he's going to be able to contribute. But again, you just mentioned it, top 37. You know, if you're only contributing on pass, like Tershawn Wharton was only contributing on pass right. downs and you got him in, uh, as an undrafted free agent. But man, I don't know. And maybe it's just that Tennessee game because he really did uh, disrupt that Tennessee offensive line. And there was, I mean, there's a few plays where he is just blowing up a guy and bull rushing mm-hmm. him, right? That's not, you're, you can't expect him to do that in the NFL, um, you know, consistently or anything. But man, it's just one of those things where I'm just going to bet on that and just see what happens, right? Like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe for, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'd say first round is rich. I would not maybe take him in the first round. It does seem like he's going to go pretty high. Like this is actually lower than you see a lot of these mock drafts. He's like 18, 20 now. Um, and I, and it's just the traits, right? Cause he has a good athlete. It's just kind of like uh, our guy out at, at Northwestern. I right. mean, there is similar things to that, but our Roy has some size to him and, and actually right. has some, some build to him. Right. Yeah. And he's long too. That's the other thing with Cansey is he's, he's short. So I don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you to, at some points, but I would take him probably higher than you would. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would probably take him closer. You know, honestly, top of day two isn't, isn't crazy to me, um, but I do understand your points. Um, so I'm looking at surprises. I was, I was looking at some of the guys or just kind of some of the things like how they stacked up on the, the board that I was kind of confused about. You know, I like Will McDonald the fourth, but I would, I would rank Felix and Nudike Uzama over him. And the consensus board does have McDonald over him i thought that was kind of surprising um i don't know how you feel about this i know you were looking at corners not that long ago joey porter jr being the top i had that written down (laughs) yeah what do you how do you feel about that because i was kind of surprised by that um well of the nine corners i've watched he's like corner five or six for me i know he's like really really long and i know like the background obviously uh his dad was a football player but 
right. he, he's kind of stiff. Like he, he's, I think he's a little too stiff to really play man coverage in the NFL. To me, he's like a cover two corner, like a guy you want with his ball skills and his IQ underneath. Over Christian Gonzalez, though, like I'm sorry, Christian Gonzalez is really, really good. Um, like Christian Gonzalez can execute any scheme the day he goes into the NFL and cover anyone. I think Joey Porter is a little more scheme specific, and uh, he didn't test that great either, Joey Porter Jr. So that that was surprising me. I had that written down too. I was I, I was very surprised. That was like one of the first things I noticed when I was going through the board. It really must just be the name Rick. And, you know, I, he is a good player. It's not, the yeah, same. he is a good player. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it is, I, you know, I, I like, I like what I saw from Cam Smith. Uh, I was watching him recently because the Chiefs brought him in. I think he's a really nice cover corner. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch Joey Porter Jr., so I'm not sure exactly how I'd compare him to him. Do you like Cam Smith? How did you feel about him? Did you watch I've watched him? him. Yeah. There's not, there's very limited tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only 2022 tape is him against a backup quarterback, which drives me crazy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Devon Witherspoon, I mean, I feel like he's just, he just has enough of the flashes where I, you know, it just seems like he's going to be a stud kind of player. Um, yeah, you know, I, I thought I found that surprising too. Um, another one to me was that I found surprising and they're not the same position necessarily, but they're called to be at 53. Uh, some of the guys above him to me are just, you know, it, it, Siaka Ika, Gervon Dexter, Mozzie Smith are all right above him, kind of in that same tier, but it's just surprising to me. I just figured Derek Hall would be kind of a, a higher thought of player with his kind of the way his physical profile is. Um, I feel like he had good production. I might have to check again how good of production he had in college. But, I mean, I really like him. I think he's he's someone that I wouldn't mind at the bottom of the first round. Um, I don't know. And just for him to be behind all these kind of D tackles that, you know, Mozzie Smith, Siaka Ika, you know, they they're kind of they could be one dimensional in the in, in the in the league um, as we're looking at it now. They could develop, obviously. Um, I'm just not a big Dexter guy. We'll talk about that, but I don't know. Were you, is there anyone else? Is there any other surprises you had besides those? Um, not really. The, the only thing I else had written down was Quentin Johnston top 10. I think that's a little bit lofty for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, like most like the top 30 makes sense, but yeah, th- that one was a little surprising for me. I, I, I like Quentin Johnston, but top 10 seems lofty. I'm with you. I'm with you. We'll actually talk about him a little later. Actually, mm-hmm. we could get into it right now. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking best, worst fits, uh, kind of. And, you know, I guess I'll lead it off because we went into it. Uh, I just if, if the Chiefs were to somehow, you know, get Quentin Johnson or he was to fall in his range, I would actually think he'd be, a, you know, one of the worst fits of the receiver group um, for the Chiefs. And that's not to say he's a bad player. I just he is going to be one dimensional. He is going to be an ex receiver, you know, strictly. Right. And, and that's not a bad thing, but. In the Chiefs offense, I think we all know by now. And it's why, you know, maybe there's not really a great person to say best fit um, for the receiver position because they are very versatile. They just need guys that can do a bunch of different things. I just feel like Quentin Johnson, another guy I would say, you know, Rocky's going to get mad at me, but A.T. Perry, um, I don't think either of them are very good fits. Um, You know, I just think they're pretty prototypical X receivers. I know Perry, you know, I, I think Rocky would argue he could do a little more, but I mean, I'm, 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 I'm seeing a pretty prototypical X. Um, so those kind of guys, I would say, were maybe some of the some of the guys that I would not think would fit very well. But the rest of the receiver class probably fits very well. Is there anyone that really fits to you? That's a really strong fit that you're like, OK, I you know, it's it's him over anybody. I have one guy in mind. The one real fit I saw was Barvin Mims, the wide receiver from Oklahoma, because mm. when I watched him on film, he reminded me exactly of McCole Hartman. I think Mims <laughs> is a better prospect. But if the Chiefs like McCole Hartman, they're going to love Marvin Mims. Um, because they're very similar players, kind of this uh, linear vertical speed guy. 
Uh, Mims is a good blocker. He's actually quite good as a blocker, but in terms oh, of a guy okay, who can nice. stretch the seams, as a guy who can just kind of run down the field, I that to me makes sense. If the, I kind of wrote about this yesterday when I wrote about Trey Palmer. I think the Chiefs could look to add that type of player back to the offense. Mm-hmm. And like Marvin Mims and Trey Palmer both fit that. So those are the names I had down. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I that's uh that definitely makes sense. I you know, I kind of went the with like the the blue chip here. I mean, I do think Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he was mm-hmm. able to fit in. I mean, I just feel like I like his size and his ability to kind of play different positions. I think the the team needs some size. I, I don't think it's you know, I talk about it with no, Quentin Johnson, AT yeah. Perry, like you know, you don't want like a, you know, just a, an X receiver only type. But I do think there was something with Juju Smith-Schuster um, having that kind of, you know, being able to catch over the middle, you know, between tight, tight windows, you know, maybe break some tackles after the catch. I do think there's something to that. And, uh, you know, it, obviously it's a pipe dream. I don't think Jacqueline Smith and Jig was going to be in Kansas City. But if there is one, you know, ultimate fit. But uh, Marvin Mimble is a good one. I like that. I like that. Um, what about edge rushers? Um, I'm looking at, you know, some of the best fits in my opinion are just, you know, some of the prototypical guys like a Derek Hall, um, Lucas Van Ness, obviously just because of the size and, and Felix Enrique Uzama to me as well. Are there any worse fits that you just really like scream to you? Like just, you know, they're not going to, it's not going to work in Kansas city or just maybe you don't feel, you know, you, you would make the pick maybe to get them in Kansas city, but maybe, you know, it wouldn't fit in, in actually what, what they want to do. I wrote down two names. Uh, I'll talk about one more than the other. Will McDonald, the fourth, the defensive end from yep. Iowa State. He's just too skinny to play for the Chiefs. Yep. He's 239 pounds. I think he weighed in at his pro day around 245. I like the player, but he's just too skinny to play for the Chiefs. The other name I'd written down, just a day three guy, Lonnie Phelps, the defensive end for Kansas. Yeah, um, yeah. Short, uh, not a lot of weight. Just like I know I that's – that's just something I know uh, Candace fans have asked about Lonnie Phelps. I just don't think he's a fit with the Chiefs because of the size issues. Yeah, no, that's that's another one I had in mind. Um, I had Nick Herbig down to the Wisconsin yep. edge rusher. I mean, you know, he's just just that tweener type. We've talked about it before. We love our Zach Bonds, but, you know, mm-hmm. we've we got to be realistic, you know, with, with the Chiefs who they want. Um, you know, someone that I kind of wrote down, but I'm, I've been back and forth on, uh, is Jose Ramirez, the Eastern Michigan guy, because he does – play with some some pretty good play strength he's just he just has a small frame um but he has he has some pass rush juice man and it's someone that like i'd i'd like to see maybe in kansas city um just as you know as a day three kind of pick i think he's going to be day three he could sneak into uh, round three possibly um but he is like six two i think uh like 240 or something and kind of kind of a shorter stout body kind of that mike dana type of body and uh i just don't know how much they're they're going after that and so He's just someone that I, I threw in there, but, you know, I do like him. So it's not to say he's not a good player. What about interior defensive linemen? Um, I I think some of my – I think Keanu Benton, Mozzie Smith are just guys that, you know, in terms of coming in right away and starting, it makes sense. They're A-gap players. There's other guys that are like that too. We talked about Zach Pickens, Siaki Ika. But are there any ones that just are just not not good fits for coming in at all? So I actually want to talk about someone I think is a really good fit. And I think this is going to surprise you, but I watched him a little bit more and I see it. I like Irvin Dexter. I, after <laughs> oh. it, I know I didn't like him at first, but after his testing, I was like, okay, like I missed something. And the dudes just, I, I think that there's some similarities to what the chiefs like in the past SEC profile, height, weight, speed. He is really, really strong. That's I, I underestimated how strong he is. He's a guy that I think can play both one tech and three technique. And he tested really well at the combine. And I 
I don't know. Like I, I, the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, like clearly I was too low on him at first. I watched him a little bit more. I heard some different opinions about him. Just given kind of like the profile and the notoriety, he was a five-star recruit coming out. I can see the Chiefs really being interested in Gervin Dexter. And the more I thought about it, I think I'd be okay with that. I think, I think he's a good player. Hey, no, that's, that's the one thing is the physical tools are there. I, I mm-hmm. think you can see that. Um, I just, there, I, I feel like when I watched him, there was just, he just left a lot to be desired and he just was an unexciting, a lot of prospect, but you're right in terms of how, you know, how he'd fit in or how the chiefs would want him to play. Um, I did think, you know, maybe he'd be better as like a two gapper kind of guy um, mm-hmm. just cause he is so strong and powerful. Um, and it just seems like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like he, he was a little undisciplined and it just stood out to me. Yeah. Um, and there were some effort issues, I want to say, too. I, I mean, agree. No, maybe I agree. there maybe. Right. And and maybe that's something where you get him in the right place and, you know, you fix some of those technique or discipline issues and all of a sudden, yeah, you're, you're getting the athletic traits uh, to the ceiling. So that's a that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. Because, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't say he's a, a bad fit at all. I just am not a huge fan of his, his as a prospect. Um, but guys that I, you know, I, I did put down Brian Brzee. I think that's just kind of, I just don't, you know, that's one where maybe I'm just not a huge fan of him, but I do think, I just don't know where he'd fit with the Chiefs. He's definitely mm-hmm. not an A gap. He's definitely not a, a three tech. Well, he, he might have to be a three tech, but I just, I don't see him doing that. Um, he is kind of a more of a penetrator, I guess, than like a, a true two gapper, but I just don't know if he's going to be penetrating enough to warrant where he's going to be picked in the draft. And, uh, and again, I just don't think in, in the Chiefs defense, I don't, I don't think they'd like uh, filling him in. I, I have think one quick defense tackle place. that I don't think fits super well. Adebore, the kid from Northwestern. I I just don't think he's a no. defensive tackle. Like I, I watched him again yesterday, and I was like telling you guys this. I just don't know what he is um, because I don't think he's bendy enough to be an edge um, unless he drops a bunch of weight, which, I, you know, maybe he can, but I don't know. And like he is long for a defensive tackle. But he's still like six foot. He doesn't have a lot of you know weight to him. I'm not sure he's going to be a disruptive interior pass rusher like everyone thinks he is. I don't. I don't love the fit on. I, I've seen a lot of mocks with him going to the Chiefs now, and I just don't know how you get him and right. Chris Jones on the field together. I, I don't know. I to me, Adebori fits more of like a New England defensive line where they're like a little more exotic. Like I think you have to have like a very specific role for him. Like honestly, the Chargers with like Brandon Staley would be make yeah. a ton of sense for him. But considering the Chiefs are pretty rigid with what they do up front, I don't know where you stick at a barre. So I, I know Kansas City kid. I know he tested great. I, yeah. I like some of the traits, but I don't know where he would fit with the Chiefs. That that would that would be I would be interested to see what like Steve Spagnuolo's plan would be for him. I f- wouldn't. It, don't you think he'd just try to fit him or throw him out on the edge or though? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think know. so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so too. And that's just when you're, when you're moving someone, you know, to a different position or just, you know, that's just not worth, you know, a certain value of pick and he's going to be going in the first round. So that's where it seems like it, at least, I don't know, maybe, maybe he won't, maybe it's all draft type. Um, I want to, I want to get your take on this last defensive tackle though. Uh, Cause I, I put Dante stills. He was someone I watched um, and wrote up. I think you liked him uh, quite a bit. Um, I just don't know if he would fit. Uh, as a defensive tackle with the Chiefs, I do think he would have to maybe be a defensive end in that similar mold. And you know, hey, as a day three pick, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it at all because um, he does, he does know what he's doing. He has, you know, he's experienced. Um, he 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 racked up a lot of stats in college because you know he's a disruptor. He's all over the line, um, but he's not the most explosive guy. Um, and then 
And so as a defensive tackle, I don't know if I'd see him fitting in as a three-tech or, or whatnot. Do you disagree with that at all? No, I, I agree for the most part. Um, I, I think it's, you know, we probably can transition out to offensive tackle. Um, I think the best name we had, or I had down, Jalen Duncan, just makes so much sense. I think he's an Andy Reid tackle. Um, the quickness, oh, yeah. he's played both right and left. Um, it seems like his stock's fallen, um, which I find a little bit surprising. Quite a bit. I, I don't know why. Did, did he test? I don't think he tested at the combine, or he at least he didn't test poorly. Um, I, I guess don't I think that so. Up quick. I don't remember him testing. Um, I there's a lot of work you still have to do with him, but I would feel pretty confident with him and with uh, Andy Heck and the Chiefs because he, of all the tackles in this class, he has the quickest feet. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe not Darnell Wright. I probably would put above him. Yeah, that's probably true. He he at least has an argument. And I, I really like him. I watched him again last weekend. I was like, this. I think he's good. I, he has work to do, but I, he would be a guy at the end of round one. I would totally understand why the Chiefs took him. He's definitely like the most exciting offensive tackle prospect outside of like the round one right. like uh, hub. Because I agree with you. I think he's definitely someone you get into the right coaching staff, the right offensive line, uh, you know, coaching staff. You know, if it if it's like the Eagles or, or the Chiefs, obviously. Yeah, I, I do think you can work on that. Yeah, you know, hey, it, it, he's probably going to be someone you have some lumps with if you do want to start him right away. Um, I, I just think that's one thing that that maybe when I was watching him, the Ohio State game towards the end, man, he really started to just he right. really started to just give it up, and it was a really bad look. But again, you're right, man. The, the footwork is there. It's almost like he doesn't trust his footwork. It's almost like he's mm-hmm. not getting deep enough in his pass set, and it's like he's almost too passive in his pass set. He needs to be kind of more aggressive on just getting out there or getting back there and uh, kind of deep setting. Um, just because it seems like sometimes he does get beat around the edge. And it's like, how do you get beat around the edge when you can move as well as, you know, any offensive tackle pretty much in this class? So, yeah, I'm, 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 I like that. Is there any bad fits for you? Blake Freeland, the offensive tackle from BYU. <laughs> Enough. Stop, like, stop. I don't want to – if your first line for why Blake Freeland will become a chief is that Andy Reid went to BYU, that's ridiculous. The dudes, he's old. He's way worse than Brady Christensen was when he came out as offensive tackle. I know he tested great RAS, but he's like 300 pounds at six foot eight. That's really small. Like he yeah. should test very well for a guy that small. Turn on the film. He doesn't move that well. He can't open his hips. Um, I'm like, I'm tired of hearing this. I know <laughs> I understand why people say this, but also like how many Andy Reid BYU players have there been? Like Dan Sorensen, Zane Anderson. Like those guys were UDFAs. It is definitely like I'm tired of hearing. I'm I'm tired of hearing about this, and if I like, I'm sorry. I don't like seeing mocks of Blake Freeland going like 63 to the Chiefs. He's not an offensive tackle. Like he's not an NFL player. I'm sorry. I I appreciate you coming on the pod and 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 saying that. It, it needed to be said. It needed to be said. <laughs> so I like that. Um, I have a few worse fits that aren't even because I don't like them as players, but like Matthew Bergeron, the Syracuse offensive tackle. I just think he's he's short limbed and kind of just a little too stocky. I, I, I see some people say he's going to be a guard. I think he is going to be a tackle in the league, but I don't know if uh, if, if the Chiefs are, are the right place for him. I think he may need, you know, just somewhere where they're not as pass dependent, um, you know, not someone that's going to be on an island all that much. But I do like him. I, I think he he has good 2021 tape. Um, I don't think I've seen any 2022 tape, honestly, but I like him so much in 2021. And then Cody Malk, uh, the North Dakota State dude. Um, hey, I, I do think he's going to be a, a player that develops into – a it seems like he's got he's got the right uh, you know uh, play style I guess as a as a right tackle maybe in the league um, in terms of you know he's that former tight end he's got the movement skills but 
we need some pass setters in Kansas City. So I, I, I would not necessarily want to see him be drafted to the, the Chiefs. you have any disagreements on those, or do you, you want to go ahead to go running backs? Uh, let's go into running backs because I have mock for a superlative later, so I, I'm going to save it for then. Nice. Well, running backs, I mean, I'll, I'll start real quick because I some of my favorite guys in this draft, the more I think about it, are Ty J Spears and Eric Gray and Kenny McIntosh. All three of those guys, I feel like, really do fit, you know, in terms of getting a pass down back in Kansas City. You know, with someone to compliment uh, Isaiah Pacheco on the early downs, be that downhill runner. I think all these guys offer you, you know, a good ability in, in open space, you know, being able to make, make guys miss to an extent. Um, I know you actually reviewed McIntosh for us on the AP Film Room, and obviously, you know, you were pointing out how good of a pass protector is. I think that's that's obviously a huge part of being a good fit um, this draft class. So, Tajay Spears, the, the two-lane guy, I, I just think, I don't know. I, I really like him. I think he's mm-hmm. – uh, I know he's got the ACLs, and I think that's going to really drive down his stock, but that, you know, could make him a better value. So, any good fits for you? Any bad fits? Uh, I, ha- I struggle with best fits because a lot of them fit. The two guys I had done for worst fits, and it's not that they're bad players, but Zach Charbonnet and Chris Rodriguez, just not yep. the right scheme for the Chiefs. Um, they I don't really Charbonnet add a lot of – yeah. yeah, I like them. I think they can be good players, but just not in Kansas City. Um, I don't think they can really run out of shotgun. I think that'd be a bit of a problem. I don't think they had a lot in the receiving game. Um, they need to go to a place like Tennessee or like Baltimore, somewhere that's a little more under center where they can kind of just run downhill. Um, I like the players, but yeah, I, I don't think they're cheese fits. And I would say the same about uh, a couple other guys. I said Izzy Abanaconda. I probably didn't say that right, but the pit running back, I think he's gaining a lot of steam. But in terms of being in Kansas City, I just think he's a very similar player to Isaiah Pacheco. And same with Dwayne McBride from UAB. He is a very fun player to watch. Tons of highlights, but literally no receiving ability, or I should say experience in his college tape. He had like five career catches. <laughs> um, just a very just a very straight running back, handoff running back. So those kind of guys, hey, you know, watch them succeed somewhere else. They're not going to be, or you you know, I, I hope they're not in Kansas City. Uh, safeties. I know you got, you know, maybe a, a few good, you know, you've been looking at safeties recently. What do you got? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't talk much about this. If you want more information, go to the AP Film Room. Jartavius Martin uh, yes. was the one safety in his class to test it well. If you want more kind of thoughts and film on him, go to check that out. The other guy I had written down was Jair Brown, the safety from Penn State. I know he didn't test great, but he was someone that did a lot for Penn State's defense. They'd rotate him to single high. They'd rotate him down to the box. They'd blitz him a little bit. Uh, one hallmark for the Chiefs for safeties is versatility, and Jair Brown provides that. The worst fits I had were Ronnie Hickman, the safety from Ohio State. Not a bad player, very box specific. He can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to play deep or anything like that. And the other guy I'd written down, Sidney Brown. We talked about him in the AP film room too, but he's a very specific safety. I'm not sure he's really a deep safety in the NFL. And he's 5'9, like 210. I don't know if he can really hold up in the box. So it, his kind of role to me in the NFL will be like as a dime safety covering tight ends. And I think that's a little bit too specific for what the Chiefs want, those safeties. When you're looking at safeties for the Chiefs, one thing I would say is like they need to have be able to do multiple things. They right. typically don't like guys who can just do one specific role because it kind of limits your calls on what you can do defensively. So to me, the two guys in this class that stick out as guys who can do a little bit of everything are Jortavius Martin and Jair Brown. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I think that makes sense to me. Tight ends. Um you know, we have a few guys that, you know, I, I think are just bad fits just because of who the Chiefs have on the roster. It's Travis Kelsey. And so if you got if you do draft a guy like Dalton Kincaid or Luke Musgrave or Will Mallory, the Miami tight end, I just think these are all guys that aren't going to give you much blocking ability and are going to be receiving, you know, receiver onlys. And hey, you 
you have a Travis Kelsey, you kind of need someone to compliment him. And you got you do have guys like, you know, Jody Fortz is still on the roster that can do some of the 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 lone receiving work as that second tight end. You know, we've seen him succeed. So I really don't want them to attack this tight end class with with guys like that, in my opinion. I know Dalton Kincaid and Luke Musgrave are big names, but I have some good fits. Do you have any bad good fits for tight end? Um, the one tight end fit I had written down, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but uh, Luke Schoomaker from yep. Michigan. I think that makes sense. The one worst one I had was Darnell Washington. I just don't think Andy Reid has use for – I don't want to say use. I don't think he's going to build his offense around a big wide tight end like Darnell Washington. I just don't think he would utilize what he does best, which is run blocking and ability down the seams. I, I know the Chiefs transitioned to more 12 personnel last year, but it's the Chiefs 12 and 13 personnel is different than what Darnell Washington would need to be in the NFL. So for me, like I know he tested really well and he did drop a bunch of weight. So maybe he'll be able to add more as a receiver in the NFL, but I don't quite see where the Chiefs would find like the best use out of him. Yeah. So you're, yeah, I, I, I get that. Luke Schoonmaker was definitely one of my best fits. I, I definitely think he's, he's someone that, even if, yeah, I think right away he comes in and could be your second tight end, but he also could develop and be your main tight end um, eventually. I, I, I think he's got that kind of ability. Last but not least, let's let's talk about corners. You have, I, I you, you know, corners is one of those where, you know, I, I do think the Chiefs have that fit that we all know, uh, you know, over the years, Spags, you know, the longer, you know, being able to uh, press, uh, you know, maybe not have the the speed, but, you know, they, they, drafted Trent McDuffie last year and that kind of changes maybe our thought process a little bit so I don't know corners maybe one of those that it's just you know I I the beholder but do you have any best worst fits so I have two names for best fits I'm like I know McDuffie was smaller but McDuffie plays so much bigger than what he was he's kind of an anomaly so for best fits I have Kaylee Ringo the cornerback mm-hmm. from Georgia I think people are overthinking him I know there's talks about him being stiff he wasn't allowed to jam at Georgia. That's just not what they do. He had to try and like match wide receivers uh, at the line of scrimmage. And I don't think he's stiff as much as I just think he's really like strong and like big. And he's a guy that has a ton of like build up speed. To me, that's a guy who can jam. Like I want him jamming receivers the line of scrimmage, being able to turn and run with them. If I think once he does that in the NFL, he's gonna look significantly better. So that's someone I think people are just overthinking. The other one I'd written down, Kansas State fans will like uh, Julius Brents, the cornerback from Kansas State. Um, transfer from Iowa. Uh, long has. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay, so yeah. you have experience with this guy. Okay. Yeah. No, he he was someone that started a little bit at Iowa, transferred to Kansas State. Um, obviously very long, tested very well at the combine. Um, tape is pretty solid. I, I still I think he has a little more room to grow. Um, but I think I do think that's someone that would fit the Chiefs profile of what they generate from corners. As for my worst fits, I. As much as I love these two players, Emmanuel Forbes and DJ Turner, they're just—it's not the right fit for the Chiefs. They're—they're they're not. They're just not big enough. Like I, I absolutely love Emmanuel Forbes, but the dude can't press. He's like 165 pounds. Um, I just don't think this type of scheme is the best for him. So, as much as it pains me to say, because I really do enjoy those two players, I don't think they'd fit what Kansas City is looking for. I know. I, I was wondering if you would go there, if you were going to, if mm-hmm. you're going to put your boy down there, but yeah, I, I had him down too. It's just, you know, you, at some point you're 160 pounds. I mean, what are we doing? Right. Um, but Hey, he, that's the thing. He could find the right system and he could be a good player. Cause you're right. There are some flashes there. I had Julius Brents down as my number one fit too. I, I you know, if the chiefs didn't have, you know, uh, a certain kind of uh, depth at cornerback right now, which again, I, I think, I think they could absolutely attack corners. So I'm not saying they're not, uh, they wouldn't draft it, but 
if they kind of need a corner a little more, I feel like I would, I'd, I'd be riding the train so hard for Julius Brands. And I probably will be as we get closer to the draft. Um, I haven't dug into the cornerback class as a whole too hard. So, but he's definitely one that I, I've seen and, and know he's going to be a good fit if he were to be in Kansas City. So, Kaylee Ringo was also a good fit. I had him too. Um, so, yeah, those are the best worst fits for the Chiefs by certain positions. Hopefully, you guys learned something about some of these prospects in the class. But, let me throw it to break. We're going to do that, and then we'll come back with, with the prospect of the week. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back in here on the AP Draft Room Podcast. Appreciate you listening. Hopefully you're learning a lot about uh, the 2023 draft class as we talk you through a bunch of names. And right now, we're going to get into our favorite segment of the week, Prospect of the Week. Hey, Prospect! We have other prospects. Prospect of the week. All right. We are talking about guys that we think we're going to project. We're kind of guessing that they, the Chiefs could be after them, that the Chiefs could potentially pick them in the draft. Um, so maybe not guys that we necessarily are, are you know, super pounding the table for, but maybe just guys we see the Chiefs being in on. We already talked about a few guys that maybe mm-hmm. make sense for that. Um, who is your Prospect of the Week, Nate? Uh, defensive end Yaya Diaby the, oh. from Louisville. I actually watched him tonight, and that's why I decided to pick him. Um, blew up the NFL combine, six foot three and a quarter, two hundred sixty three pounds, right around thirty four inch arms. He ran a four five one forty with a one point five six ten yard split. Both of those are in like the ninetieth percentile or above. Thirty seven inch vertical, ten foot broad jump. Those are great athletic numbers. Um, I watched this film cause I hadn't really heard much about him before the combine. He's not much of a pass rusher. He, he doesn't really rush the pass here yet, but if you're looking at a guy who's similar kind of profile to Joshua Kando, when the chiefs drafted him from Florida state, I think Diaby makes sense. Like I mentioned, not much of a pass rusher. The, the passer's productivity is just not there. I don't think he could really rush the passer right now, but he is a really smart run defender, which I found like really intriguing. This is a guy, if you're taking Diaby, you're giving him to Joe Cullen and just saying, like, could this be a guy that, you know, one to two years down the line, could you take and develop? Very day three guy. Yaya Diaby, Mm -hmm. you're not taking him earlier than that, but it's a swing on athletic traits at the edge position on day three, which is something I always believe in. And just by watching his tape, I think he is a smart player. I just think he needs a better infrastructure around him. I think if you give him Joe Cullen as a defensive line coach, there is something there. I'll just say, I think he had better tape than Joshua Kando did coming out of Florida State. I think he's more polished. I don't think he's quite, I don't think the ceiling is as high as Kando was when he was coming out, but I could yeah. see him being a rotational defensive end in the NFL. 
And if I'm taking rotational defensive ends in the NFL, I want them to have that size and that athletic profile. To me, I think he'd be a really good fit for the Chiefs. I, probably round five would be my range for him. But I watch him tonight, and I can definitely see potential there. I, I do think there's things to grow around. Hey, that's 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 funny. He's on my short list. I need to get to him because, yeah, he's someone that, uh, you know, he's one of the only edges and kind of that, you know, because he's a, you know, he's kind of in that, uh, you know, that middle round range. It seems like mm-hmm. projected wise um, people like him, especially after the combine. But, yeah, no, I, I, that's good to know. That's good to know. I'll have to keep that in mind. Um, I have another edge, though, too, another edge rusher, uh, maybe maybe kind of in a similar vein, honestly, um, you know, maybe not. Maybe we'll, we'll see what you think about it, because I know you've watched both of these guys. Um, Isaiah McGuire, the Missouri edge edge defender. So my Missouri fans are, are giving me a little credit here. Um, 6'4", 268 at the combine, came in with 33-inch arms. So, you know, he's got, you know, good length. You know, I, I liked his explosive numbers, and that's kind of made me what made me kind of go back and, and watch him after the combine. A uh, 36.5-inch vertical and a 10-2 broad jump. Those are pretty good numbers for a 6'4", 270 guy. Um, and so you, when you turn on the tape, though, you're, you're seeing a big dude, a big, long dude. Obviously, someone that, you know, comes off hard, you know, definitely comes off with, you know, you know, looking to hurt you, looking to go through you. But, yeah, you know, there's definitely some you know, some stiffness there. There's definitely going to be some some stuff where, you know, you're not super excited about, you know, him coming around the edge. You know, you're not going to see many counter moves. But at the same time, man, you know, he can get downhill. He can, you know, blow up an inside shoulder and, and, and blow up, a pen, you know, and get some penetration. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, in terms of when he's chasing down someone, I don't think he's super slow or anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think uh, he makes sense for the Chiefs in terms of the size profile. He's definitely, in my opinion, a guy that should be going maybe, you know, around four, mm-hmm. um, around five. You kind of mentioned with Diaby. I think that's probably the probably they should be probably in a similar range, I would say, because, um, you know, I I I kind of assumed I would like Diaby more. So we'll see. Um, so I guess I kind of want your take on it. Who do you like more out of those? two? It's funny. Uh, so in my fourth to fifth round range tier on like my big board, uh, I have a few guys above him, but it's Isaiah Maguire, then Yaya Diaby. <laughs> so I have him graded very similarly. But yeah. like you mentioned, it's the power. It's the buildup, that kind of explosiveness into a bull rush. Very, right. very much a Chief-style defensive end. Um, I, I liked him. I, I don't know. I don't think he's a guy that would get more than three, four sacks a season. But, you know, on day three, you're never getting guys that can really rush the passer that great. Um, so he's someone I think will make NFL rosters and they will be a productive player. So yeah, I, I, I don't see top 100. Like I've seen some mocks, but, uh, early day three, I think it would make sense. Yeah. I think we had to take him in our round three, uh, last, the last mock. We yeah. Had. That's a little uh, bit high. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. So we're, we're mm-hmm. living and we're learning, right. You know, mm-hmm. so, okay. So prospect of the week, couple edge rushers definitely makes sense, right? I think the chiefs are going to absolutely add a defensive end and it may, you know, it may not be first second round it may just be a guy they think can can at least eat up some snaps while the other guys you know above him in the rotation um you know uh, keep playing obviously so i think it makes sense that we both pick those kind of guys but all right let's round out today's pod with with let's have a little fun here with with the overall draft class i put together some superlatives you know a little, a little yearbook high school yearbook kind of superlatives most likely to succeed most likely to bust all that kind of stuff so let's get into it and we'll start right there most likely to succeed you know, I, you can take this a few different ways. You know, I just literally took it as the guy that, you know, is most likely to be a, a good, you know, NFL player in the draft. Who did you pick for that? Um, yeah, when I think about this, you think like the yearbooks, like in high school, like when right. you're like most, like most likely to be president or something like that. So that's what I was kind of taking. I took Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. 
I don't think Michael Mayer will ever be like a top five tight end in the NFL or like a real game changer, but I just know he's going to be good. Like he's not going to be, I don't think he'll ever be Kelsey or Kittle, but he's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think like kind of like, like Hunter Henry in his prime, like just someone yeah. that's solid yeah. that plugs a hole for you. Um, to me, like, I just don't, I don't see any way he busts. I don't think he's a top 20 pick, but he's someone that to me, like you would pay a second contract. You just, you have your need filled. If you would draft Michael Mayer to me, he's just like one of the safest players in this class. Yeah. And it seems like his values getting maybe even better and better. I don't know. It seems like he might not be, especially after his combine, you know, it wasn't super impressive, but he wasn't showing that on tape. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, no, you know, don't double count it, that kind of thing. Okay, that's a good one. I I went kind of with chalk here. I mean, I went Bijan Robinson. I really do that's think this, yeah. this guy's gonna be good. I mean, you know, whether or not you know it's for a long, long time, you know, I do think he comes in, and you hope he gets in the right offense, right? You know, you hope he doesn't have a Saquon start to his career where he has to wait three or four years until he has a competent offense to start playing in. Um, but you know, I, I do think he's gonna be good. I also wanted to throw out Nolan Smith. I'm sorry, but like, I just, I know he's got the size thing, but man, I just feel like this dude at the very least is going to be a starting defensive end in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing is, you know, this is where the most likely to succeed thing is you got to, got to take it some ways. Cause it's probably where he's valued, right? If he was picked top five, top 10, maybe I wouldn't say that, but you know, where he's going to go. Although shoot, he could go top 10 now. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think with this edge rushing class, I think it's, it's kind of up in the air a little bit still, but all right, most likely to see. Most likely to bust. Let's talk about those. You got a good one for that? I'm going to stick to a guy I talked about DeWan Jones, the offensive tackle from mm. Ohio State. I just, I don't know. I thought about it more. Maybe I need to watch him more. I just, I know he moves well for a guy that size, but you watch him try and change directions. It's just not good. And you're going to go in the NFL where there's just bigger defensive ends who can win on either shoulder. I don't think he really adds a ton as a run blocker. I think he's just very, very scheme specific. And that scheme is basically like, we're just going to run the ball and never put you like on a vertical plane in any way. He's too big to be at guard. Like you can't be 380 pounds to be a guard in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. It's he has to fit a very specific scheme. And even then I'm skeptical because I don't think he's an awesome run blocker. I, I really don't. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he adds a lot there. Add on top of that, there's potential medical issues. Who knows if he'll be able to keep good weight in the NFL. I It, it stinks to say, I just don't think he's a guy that will succeed. Well, hey, someone's, someone's got a bust. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, that's that's especially this offensive tackle class, man. I feel so good about most of these guys that one of them is going to fall off. So it makes sense that it may be him. Um, I went with Tyree Wilson, though, the Texas Tech edge rusher. I just – he, I remember the Marcus Davenport hype um, in the draft, and I'm not saying they're exactly the same prospect, especially because Davenport played at you know uh, UTSA or or UTEP, whichever one it was, UTSA. Um, and so you know he he kind of had the small school thing working against him on top of just being kind of this you know hey big explosive dude that you know is obviously going to be hard to stay in front of, but you know you're doing much more than just you know really you know running hard at a you know at the corner of an offensive tackle and. I just think sometimes Tyree Wilson to me kind of reminds me of that where I get it. I get why he's an exciting prospect because of his length, his size. He does move very well for his size. And there's some um, there's some pass rush reps where I, I can see it. But for the most part, especially as a redshirt senior, I just feel like if you haven't put it together by now, um, I just I don't know if, I, if you're going to be any better than you were in college. And he just he still wasn't that. I mean, he was dominant in college. He won Big 12 mm-hmm. Defensive Player of the Year. But I just wasn't super impressed with what he was 
uh, doing when it translates into the NFL. So I, I'm pretty confident that he's going to be a Marcus Davenport type, which, hey, Davenport just got a second contract. So maybe that's not a true bust. Um, but in terms of going top 10, which it seems like he's going to, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to live up to that. Um, prospect with the widest range of outcomes, though. I think this is kind of a, a, an interesting one. What do you have for this? I chose Brian Brisset, Brisset, the defensive tackle from Clemson. And it's probably just because the player I don't, I just, I have no really like takes on him. I don't know. He's, it's a process that he has a lot of injuries. Obviously, he had the tragedy with his sister. Right. Um, I just don't know what to think of him. And he could be someone that, like, at his best, he does look like a guy who can move well and who can rush the passer. But there's also a chance that maybe it just doesn't work out. And I, you know, I, I really, it sucks to say, because I think he's a good dude and he's had a lot that's gone bad for him, but I just don't know if I would take him because I just don't know what I'm getting in him, at, like getting in the building. And especially when you combine that with his medical history, which it really, like, he sounds like he had a bad back injury. He was kind of playing through in college. I just, maybe yeah. if he puts it all together, he can hit what that ceiling was, which was an exciting player. But I'm really worried that the other side of it is he's not going to be able to stay in the NFL because of his health. That's a good one, honestly, because I, I as as low as I am on him, because um, I am, um, I mm-hmm. do, I do get, you know, he was a high prospect. You do see him move very well for a guy that's that's. I mean, he's like a panda. I mean, like this dude is right. is is big, thick, but also just moves very well. Um, you know, side to side. You know, in terms of you know uh, stunting on a you know on a on a pass rush. You know, looping around. I mean, he's going to be able to do that kind of stuff, and and that's valuable. And so, hey, if, if he can put it together and be just a little more consistent in one particular position. Yeah, he could be really good, but then, yeah, I could also see him not being good. So I like that one. Um, I'm going to go with another defensive tackle, though, and this might just be too obvious. Um, But Jalen Carter, I guess, um, just because, I mean, I think he's the best prospect in the class on tape. Um, But we're seeing now that, I mean, he could just not care about football, I guess, or not care about preparing. And and he may just not be, you know, a professional athlete. I mean, I you know, or, you know, a – a uh, you know someone right. I, it right. wasn't the yeah I just saw a report that uh, the Raiders took him off their draft board completely which is kind of crazy um, <laughs> probably shouldn't do that Raiders I, I would say that but hey more teams want to do it I definitely wouldn't mind testing him out in Kansas City because I definitely think the right place is going to get him going but it is kind of odd man I I it, his 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 offseason has been weird I also said Quentin Johnson though I don't know how you feel That's about that That's a good one because um, I sometimes it's like, Hey, I get that. He could maybe be like Megatron, but um, probably not Mm -hmm. that good. Right. But uh, a lot of me, a lot of me thinks that, you know, he played in an offense that opened it up a lot for him. He's kind of a body catcher a little bit. He's not like this high pointing, you know, gonna, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of a, he's kind of a, he might just be a college receiver. So I don't know. Do Mm -hmm. you have any thoughts on that? That, That's actually a really good pick. Uh, I'm almost, I'm kind of jealous that I didn't think of that because he, okay. he could be someone that like really works well in the NFL or he's not going to be good. He'll be yeah. like Josh Doxson, like 2.0. There's a Ooh. very wide range of oh, outcomes no. for him. Don't put um, that on him. I don't, I don't yeah. want to put that on him. That's, I think he's better than Josh Doxson was, but um, right. that, that is a good one. I, I didn't even think about that. Okay, well, most likely to fall, I actually kind of said, well, Jalen Carter, again, makes sense mm-hmm. too. But I put Peter Skaronsky also. I do think... I know he's a really good player, but I, I think we could get to draft day. And with all these other offensive attack, I, I just really like this offensive attack class. So I mm-hmm. could see the NFL being like, why would I take a chance on a guy that, that maybe doesn't have the, the typical profile of an offensive tackle when I could take all these other guys that do and seem to be pretty good offensive tackles anyway. So I could see him falling. I don't know. Do you think that's crazy at all? Or do you, who do you have? 
I, I think it would be – I'll talk about my guy in a second. I would be surprised Grinsky fell too far because I just think his floor as a guard is still really high. So That's I think true. some team would just look at him and be like, we at least will solve one of our offensive ones. And then the guy I have falling really far, Cody Mock, the offensive tackle from mm. North Dakota State. I, I watched his tape the other day. I don't I don't see it. Like North Dakota State never really had him pass set. He's right. like he's never really passed it in his career. He's going to be 25 years old like next season. Yeah. That's that's rather old for a guy who needs a lot of work to be an offensive tackle. I like I he's not ready to play in an NFL team for an offensive line. Um, he could be a guard. I know people have him ranked there. I think that would be a good fit for him. Uh, potentially as like a good run blocker. He is a good athlete. I, I will say that like if you compare him to like Blake Freeland, I do think he's a much better athlete like when you watch him on tape. But if you're asking Cody Mock to be an offensive tackle, no way. Like I don't think there's any chance. And I think NFL teams will see that too because he's he's never done it. He's never passed that before. And uh, so I think there's a really real chance we're like on like day three and like how did Cody Mock fall this far? Like considering that he was a guy that was at the end of round one at one point, but the dude's offensive tackle tape is just not translatable to the NFL. No, it's a, it's a really good point on on the falling part because yeah, you're right. I think even if he's not, because I don't think right now maybe he's getting the round one hype like he used to, but I still think he's people consider him like 30s, 40s kind of pick. Yeah, um, no that, doubt about it. And and yeah, I mean, I could definitely see uh, him falling. Although you know, they the NFL loves their. Uh, projects out of the FCS, man, at, at offensive tackle. I mean, they they do it all the time. But I, yeah, I'm with you. The pass setting is definitely something to worry about. Um, I you like I liked everything, pretty much everything else about his game in terms of like run blocking, in terms mm-hmm. of getting to the second level, in terms of just his ten, uh, tenacity. He's he's yeah, kind of he's a, a nasty very player. Finish right, and and it's because he used to play tight end, and you can see mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I mean, it, tight ends don't pass that. He was never used to pass it, and so he, and and. He plays at North Dakota State where they don't – I mean, they're under center. They're running I formation. They're running double I formation, the Maryland <laughs> the Maryland I. I mean, my God. So, yeah, I, I think that's a really good one. Um, and that's why I had him as a bad fit for the Chiefs earlier. So, good thing we hit on him. This is kind of a – this one I, I kind of thought through. Most likely to break out immediately but not sustain through their second contract. So, maybe – you know, running backs typically fit this mold, right? right. Um so there's probably a running back. Uh, but, you know, what who, do you have any other? Uh, who do you have? Who do you have? Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver of Tennessee. And oh, I want to really take it back one. to McCole Hardman when McCole Hardman was drafted. If you remember in 2019, McCole Hardman had like a really good first like month, six weeks with the Chiefs. And you were looking at his stats and he, I, I, I don't, this is from verbatim, but like he had like 20 catches for like 400 yards and like two touchdowns. You're like, holy cow, if McCole Hardman really expands his game, like what could he be in the NFL? And then nothing happened. Like after those like first four weeks, McColl was essentially the same player. And what really happened to McColl was like teams real like put on their scouting report. We just can't let him run free in open space because he's yeah. dynamic. So once teams got a feel for how to stop that, McColl was basically just a jet sweep guy for three and a half years. I I know he tweeted that he didn't like that, but it's kind of the reality. It is. I think Jalen Hyatt's a better prospect, but I see a very similar career path. Where like the first eight weeks of his career, he's gonna have like 25 catches for like 490 yards and like four touchdowns, and people are like, "Holy cow! Like, what could this guy become if he expands everything else?" But his college offense is just not an NFL offense. They basically put him like in a stack. So college, you know, hashes are wide. They put him all the way to the sideline and put him like three yards off the ball and just get him like a running start into like 30 yards of space. That is not happening in the NFL. 
Like no, no NFL offense is constructed to do that. The field is compressed. Defenses are better. He doesn't do anything besides run into space. What, what do you do? Like, th- this is what I, I, I'm going to write about this arrow at pride at one point, but like the only two guys who were like primary vertical threats who really like succeeded were Deshaun Jackson and Tyree kill. And Tyree kill is an all time anomaly because he had everything else. Yeah. But Deshaun Jackson, look at everybody else. Corey Coleman. I, I, I can't think of guys off the top of my head. Like those guys that come from that offense, they just don't translate to the NFL because they're one trick ponies. And if your only thing is you can run vertically and teams suddenly take that away, what are you doing? And that's my thing with Jalen Hyatt. When I see him, people take him at 31. I just think that's insane. Yeah, no, I, hey, he ran a deep post, a wheel, and a, a straight. It. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that was pretty much it. You're right. No, it, it that's that's definitely someone that is a really good pick for that, honestly, because if he does get in the right offense, I mean, yeah, he's probably going to produce. I mean, he's had he has the speed to get vertically again. You mentioned it with the McCool thing, like t- defenses aren't just going to naturally respect you like you're the best deep threat in the league as a rookie, even if you do have that speed. They're gonna they're gonna make you prove it, and he's he could probably he has the speed to prove it. You know, have two seventy yard touchdowns in the first four weeks of the season, and then yeah, I I, I think that's a really good one. Um, I, you know, Jameer Gibbs was too easy for me, um, but I just feel like hey, you know, he's gonna be a guy that's explosive right away. But you know, by the second contract, are we sure? Um, I also put Bryce Young. I put Bryce that's Young, the really Alabama quarterback. One. Yeah, I if he gets to the right place, which you know it sounds like Houston, which maybe that isn't the right place, but. I think he could be a winner right away. I think he could compete right away, but it, I could see it coming to coming down to that Lamar Jackson kind of thing, which, you know, I, this isn't, you know, Lamar Jackson has sustained it through his second contract. So it's a little different, but in terms of the, the team, not wanting to pay him, not wanting to treat him like a franchise quarterback because of his size. And, you know, maybe he's going to, you know, maybe he breaks down by then, maybe he has a few injuries to kind of, you know, um, hurt that. But yeah, I, I think he could though in his first or second year. Yeah. Be a, be a, a guy that, people are saying, yeah, you can win with him. You just got to get the right pieces around him. Um, so yeah, that's, that's someone I had most likely for a late breakout. So the opposite where maybe he comes in right away, you don't hear about him for, for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden he's like, Oh wow. I remember him. He's a great, he was a, he was a, he's a great player now. I went kind of, you know, off the cuff of this Tyler Steen, the offensive lineman from Alabama. That's your guy. I, yeah, it's it, it weird profile. He has the third shortest wingspan of any like offensive tackle ever, I believe was oh, I, I had, but he's his his film's good. And I do think length will overpower him a little bit. That was noticeable in college. He's kind of that squatty type, but good run blocker, really smart player, comfortable on like a vertical island. Um, if he doesn't succeed at offensive tackle, I think he'll be one of the better guards in the NFL. I really do. I think he has all the traits to be a really good guard. I think that's someone that like when like three, four years now people talk about like really good values. I think Tyler Steen will be one of those guys. It's like a really good value that some teams paying, you know, 12 to $14 million a year. And will just be kind of a good like linchpin of an off the line. I think he's got really underrated. He shot up my board recently. I think I have him now at like around like a second to third round grade. I think he's a good player. And I, I really think he can succeed in the NFL. Yeah, no, honestly, when you first brought him to the AP film room, I think we all kind of assumed he was just like a day three guy um, because of some of that stuff. But you're right. I mean, I think the whole I mean, he's on the top 100 of this consensus. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's he's at 90, uh, 90 something, 97. So, yeah, that, that tells you that, you know, I, I, I do think people are coming in, on, coming around on that because I, I think he moves very well. I mean, you said it all. I I, I am a fan of his. Um, I had I had 
I had Lucas Van Ness for this, um, just because you know, obviously, I think there's there's very obvious reasons, but this was kind of a I, I had a different one too. Paris Johnson Jr. I I wasn't a big fan of his um, watching his tape, but I have come around on him more and more um, as as I've kind of come on, and that's why I like his offensive tackle class so much. Is you know, he's a guy that I'm. You know, I like guys more than him, and he's still a guy that uh, should be picked highly. You know, the 36-inch arms, um, the movement skills. I do, though, think he does need some refinement, and I could see him being maybe disappointing right at first uh, if he gets if he has to start right away. Obviously, if he's a top 10, top 15 pick, he will. But I could see him by his second contract, by the time he's becoming a free agent, all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, okay, I, you know, this is, this is a guy that, you know, it makes sense why he's top 10, top 15 pick. Um, and kind of earns that big money deal, but maybe right away people kind of say, "Oh, you know." And offensive tackles in general, I will say, kind of take a while to to get going. Sometimes, you know, Andrew Thomas comes to mind. So that's 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 that. And then let's just end this. Let's end with this one because I think it's a good capper on this entire draft talk. Position most likely to be looked back on, like in terms of like, hey, this is like a historic class. You know, we talk about the. Was it 2014 receiver class with Odell, Mike Evans, you know, all those guys? Um, what position do you think most likely could have like a, a really like a all pro, pro bowl kind of group of players? I think it's corner. I, yep, I was texting I you guys this yesterday. Uh, I've watched nine corners so far, and I think they all could start in the NFL. And that's some, I'm, I'm a very critical cornerback grader, and that's something that I feel really confident saying. Um, I like the guys at the top. Even guys like Deontay Banks, I think Deontay Banks is a stud. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Even the guys like Joey Porter Jr. and Kelly Ringo, I, I really like them. I just think they have to find the right scheme in the NFL, but I think they'll be valuable. It's a deep class. I, I, I still have a lot of work to do with it, but I think right. it's going to be a really, really deep, good cornerback class that you can find options kind of on all three days. I think we'll look back at it like four or five years now. Like That was a really like valuable cornerback class at a very premium position. No, and I think it, there's evidence to that too, which is how like the, the the mocks change so much. I feel like you see a new first round corner like every mock, and I think it's just because there's so many good ones. I think all these mock drafts are trying to, you know, fit these guys in that they like. Just like you're saying, hey, I like nine of these corners. You know, I'm, I I want to fit them into these first round mocks and and get their name out there. I think that's kind of why maybe that there's just so many of them. So I also I I will tell you, I'm a, this might be a hot take. Well, maybe not, but I I kind of said quarterbacks too, depending on where they fall. I, you know, I just said Bryce Young might break down by his second contract, but man, I'm really high on Anthony Richardson. I think he's QB one in this class. Sorry. I think CJ Stroud is, is definitely like a Kirk Cousins type of like, um, I, I wanted to say floor. I think that's pretty high to say he's a Kirk Cousins floor, but right. just someone that, you know, if, if he's on the right offense, they're going to put up numbers and he's probably going to play, you know, he's probably going to mm-hmm. function a, or a run a really, you know, a, a high powered offense, put up some stats. He runs and then, so yeah, much Dak. Yeah, I know. Prescott. And yeah, I, I heard that comp early in the process and I almost like fought against it so hard because it was like I didn't want to. But it's true. It is really mm-hmm. true. Um, and he, honestly, he's probably a better thrower than Dak. I agree. Um, and then Will Levis, honestly, I, I, I think if he falls um, like he it sounds like he's kind of maybe going to um, depend, you know, potentially, you know, this is a guy that I think maybe the NFL is overthinking a little bit um, with that because he did play in an NFL offense in college. Played literally in an offense coached by a guy that's coaching with the Rams now. You know, a, a, a Liam Cohen, I think it was his name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a very good, uh, you know, arm talent, right? It's just uh, you know, some of the inconsistencies of his game. But get him in the right place. I mean, shoot, he could be 
again, you know, a, a Ryan Tannehill. I know that's a, a pretty easy comp for him because mm-hmm. um, he can move because that's the thing. He can move and that gives you a little bit of a floor as a quarterback. If you can run, if you can, he can, you know, people have called him Taysom Hill that can throw. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's something to that. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I think all four quarterbacks have a chance. And then Hendon Hooker. I mean, honestly, like I know he played uh, no. in that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, I know. I, I knew as soon as I uh, the Tennessee offense. I knew we talked about all pod. Um, but no, I think I think hey, I think if he gets in the right place, uh, you know, t- you mm-hmm. know, uh, kind of a, you know, he could be a, a functional starter. Maybe, maybe yeah. not like a, a maybe not someone you look back on like, oh wow, great quarterback class. But you know, I do think he, he in in the, I would have been QB one last year, <laughs> right? And yo, know, yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of I think all these guys probably would have been. Oh, um, for sure. Right, and and that's you know that's the thing is is the NFL is kind of. We're seeing mocks with, you know, someone. Was it Mike Tannenbaum had him like uh, Henry Hooker going like five? I mean, yeah, just, we're not. I'm fine with it. More quarterbacks to go, more good players fall. That's no, seriously. I I do think there's a case Hooker to be. Uh, there's a case to be made. Hooker will be picked before the Chiefs take it, uh, mm-hmm. or the Chiefs pick in the first round. So that would help them out a lot. Well, shoot, what a fun show! I had a great time taking talking to all these prospects. I hope everyone had a good time as well. Kind of learned a little bit about you know who the Chiefs could be picking and who they may be targeting. Appreciate you listening. Uh, you know, Nate, I know you got plenty of stuff coming up on the site. Um, you want to plug anything you got in the works or anything you, that's already on the site? I know you mentioned the Trey Palmer uh, yep. article. Yeah, no, a lot of draft profiles. Um, yeah, those are coming out these next few weeks. Uh, check out everybody's, not just mine. Uh, we're, we have a big list of guys that are going to come. I, I don't know how many exactly we'll get to, but we'll have a lot. So, you know, the goal is that you have one for basically probably all like the top 100 guys uh, in case the Chiefs draft any of them. And I think we'll get there. We, we have a really good list going. We already have a lot of them published. So keep an eye on those because I, I feel confident saying the Chiefs will take at least one or two of the guys. But who knows? They probably won't. We'll have to like scramble because none of us watch him or something, but I, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, no, uh, McDuffie kind of snuck up on us last year. I will say yeah. I, I was one guy we kind of thought would not be there. So hoping, hoping we cover all bases this year. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you uh, uh, checking out the site. Make sure you keep doing so. We have plenty of great content coming up for you, and just keep uh, listening to the podcast network. Appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>